This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is The Savage Nation. I want to thank my listeners, especially my listeners on WABC in New York for making this the number one show in the 12-plus demographic on WABC. And as they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Now that I've talked about myself, I want to talk about the biggest story of the day, the week, the month. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has taken a position on the board of directors with a Ukrainian energy producer. In any other time, this would not have been done because people would have a fear that there'd be an indictment or a government would fall. The FBI would investigate. There'd be a press outrage. The opposition party would stop all business on the floor of Congress and demand an immediate investigation as to how the vice president's son could take a job with a foreign power with whom we're supposedly an ally against Russia. Without seeing this for what it is, you are blind. It doesn't matter whether Biden would be a Democrat or Republican. This is cronyism. This is crony capitalism. This is the oligarchy. This is nepotism. In Napoleon's time, it was called nepotism. And Napoleon II, or the third, fell because of nepotism. He had appointed so many of his relatives, or so many of his immediate friends and relatives had benefited from his position as uh, the supreme ruler of France, that the government fell because the people rose up. But there are no people in America, just as there is no... England anymore. There's no America anymore. I am talking about the biggest story you're going to hear today, and I, I'm shocked. Does it all fit together for you now as to where McCain fits in on the screaming for war? Where McCain going over there and screaming, Ukraine is our friends, Russia's our enemy? Do you understand it's all about money? Do you understand they're sacking the world? Do you understand this is another power grab? Now look, 1999, I wrote about the oily tracks running through Kosovo. Your president, Bill Clinton at the time, under the guise of humanitarian efforts, geared towards saving the Albanian Muslims from the evil Serbian Christians, repainted American warplanes with NATO markings, and under the direction of Jamie Rubin, Madeleine Albright, Zbigniew Brzezinski, and the others who were doing it now, bombed Serbia, blew up every bridge on the Danube, blew up schools, hospitals, killed people, and stole the Kosovo from Serbia in order not to save the Muslims, the Albanian Muslims, because Big Oil wanted a pipeline through Kosovo. I wrote the article, The Oily Tracks Run Through Kosovo. And the poor Serbs just happened to be the wrong 
owners of the wrong real estate at the wrong time for the New World Order. But you idiots, you Democrat liars, said you were helping the Muslims who were being put in concentration camps. Now let's move forward to today. Very similar situation in the Ukraine. Thousands of ethnic Russians in Crimea protesting against the new government in Kiev. Okay. Historians still aren't exactly clear why Russia gave Crimea away in 1954. At the time, both Russia and Ukraine were a part of the Soviet Union. And it supposedly has something to do with strengthening brotherly ties. But one thing is clear right now. Russian President Mr. Putin has no intention of letting that gift slip too far from his grip. That's because Ukraine is the choke point in the region for natural gas pipelines that run from Russia to Western Europe. And this battle is really about who controls that choke point. The U.S. State Department practically started this conflict on behalf of NATO. John McCain, the most dangerous man in modern American politics, in my opinion, was on the ground in Ukraine in December, quote, providing assistance to those who are working to overthrow a duly elected Ukrainian government. The United States at that time warned Russia, this was during the Olympics when Russia could not react, the United States warned Russia not to take action against these protesters. And the stooges in the American media showed you the pictures of the protesters who were largely young girls in tight dungarees with uh, iPhones in their behinds, on their behinds. And naturally, Anderson Cooper put on the flak jacket and ran over there because whenever he sees a pair of tight pants with a young protester with an iPhone, he knows that they're the right ones. Our president even drew a pink line. The billion-dollar question is, what is the interest of the United States here? Why has John Kerry stuck his big ketchup bottle into this fight time and time again, while most Americans don't even know where Ukraine is, most Americans are fed up with war, Americans are burned out uh, from Iraq and Afghanistan? Who was banging the loudest war drums? What does it have to do with Joe Biden? I'll tell you in a minute. First, you have to understand that Russia provides about a quarter of the natural gas consumed in the European Union. About 80% of those exports flow through pipelines across Ukrainian soil before the gas arrives in the EU. But another source for those exports to the EU exists in the region, and it's not controlled by Russia. It's very common knowledge that Gutter, Q-A-T-A-R, Guitar, Gutter, no one can pronounce it. They should just change their name to just another Arab country. Gutter has wanted to build a natural gas pipeline to Turkey in order to export gas to Europe. But guess who stood in the way of the first leg of that journey? Syria and Bashar Assad, a Russian ally. Are you starting to see the picture? Syria, so you think the Syrian civil war is over anything uh, but money and oil? You may be wrong. I'm going to move ahead now. I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. According to the Wall Street Journal, Vice President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and a close friend of Secretary of Hate, John Kerry's stepson, have joined the board of a Ukrainian gas producer controlled by a former top security and energy official for deposed President Viktor Yakunovich. That's a quote now. What am I claiming here? I'm claiming right here and right now that the United States has kicked up a civil war in Ukraine to mask a fight over a natural gas pipeline route that once it is built will personally benefit family and friends of this administration. This is called cronyism, crony capitalism. This is called <clears throat> nepotism in a polite way. But in a, a more blunt way, it's called ugly. Who is Hunter Biden? 
Was he picked by the Ukraine because he's a brilliant lawyer? I don't know. He has a name called Biden. His father's vice president. That couldn't hurt. Did you know that Hunter Biden worked with the Clinton machine in the U.S. Department of Commerce? Did you know that Hunter Biden was the Obama campaign bundler, the one of the biggest money guys? Did you know that Hunter Biden helped get his dad elected? There's a lot of money to be made. You see, if they can yank the Ukraine into the U.S. sphere of influence, the biden carry cartel stands to rake in billions of dollars. Barack Obama said in 2008, I will finally end the abuse of no-bid contracts once and for all. He said that in Grand Rapids in October of 08. Obama lied when he said the days of sweetheart deals for Halliburton will be over when I'm in the White House. What he meant to say was those days are over for anyone but my friends. Replace the word Halliburton with Biden. This, the State Department, as corrupt as it is, was challenged on this very topic by the only reporter in the Associated Press I have respect for named Matt Lee. I never heard of him. We're going to play a soundbite for you in a minute that you're going to say, wait a minute, there's actually someone left who's a reporter who dare challenge these lousy, stinking liars. You know, what went on in the ex-Soviet Union after the fall of the wall was a disaster for the Russian people initially. The gas was stolen. All of the things that were owned by the state were stolen by the oligarchs. The natural resources were stolen by the Russian oligarchs. We know that. It's going on in front of your eyes right now under this nice guy, Obama, who, as you well know, cares only about... Uh, issues related to human rights. And so that's why you have to understand how dangerous this is because 52% or so of the people don't work. They could care less who's robbing who. All they know is that government check comes in with the government cheese. All they know is that they're not qualified for medical care because nobody could insure them, and now you're going to pay for it. All they know is is that we're living in a nation of giveaways from a nation of takeaways. I want to play for you first... The liar, Jay Carney Barker. Jay Carney Barker in clip number one. Listen to this. I was refer you uh, to the vice president's office. I saw those reports. You know, Hunter Biden and other uh, members of the Biden family are obviously private citizens, and uh, where they work is not uh, does not reflect an endorsement by the administration uh, or by the vice president or president. But I would refer you to the vice president's Wait, office. Listen, you listen, you weasel, you. You stinking weasel. You wouldn't get away with this in a democracy. You'd be arrested for this. Of course he's a private citizen. But his name is Biden. He's benefiting from his relationship to the administration. End of story. Liar, liar, liar. Now it gets even better. A reporter, Matt Lee, challenges in clip two, and then the spokesmouth for the State Department again repeats the big lie. Listen to two. Does this building diplomatically have any concerns about potential uh, perceptions of conflict or slash cronyism, which is what you've often accused the Russians of, uh, the, the Russians of doing? Uh, no, he's a private citizen. Again, arrest. Immediate arrest. Citizen's arrest. Immediate. Citizen's arrest. Next, clip three. Clip Do you three. consider that the Russian oligarchs who control or the Ukrainian oligarchs who control these, uh, they're, they're all private citizens as well. We certainly correct? wouldn't put them in the same category. No, I'm category not suggesting that. that. What do you mean you wouldn't put them in the same category? Why isn't Biden's son the same as a Russian oligarch? Because his name is Biden, not Abramovich? Of course they are. It's identical. 
Then Lee goes on. He doesn't quit. I can guarantee you after this exchange, the AP will move him into the uh, graveyard shift. He will never fly on Air Force One again. Listen to clip four. I'm wondering if there are concerns from this building about the perception of about how the Russians and or the Ukrainians would perceive um, the involvement of a son of the Vice President of the United States uh, in this, especially given the situation. No, there are not. Immediate citizen's arrest. Immediate citizen's arrest of the spokesmouth. This has got this has gone too far. Obama is so drunk on his power, using race to get where he is, using race to stay where he is, using race to push his dastardly policies down our throat, and now this corruption has reached a point of no return. I am outraged. I'm, I'm livid. There's no other word for it. Livid, L-I-V-I-D. What can I do when we have a drunk in the opposition party, John Drunk Boehner, who doesn't say a word about this cronyism? This ripoff, this ripoff, it's frightening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So today I'm reading a boating magazine in the toilet. That's, I get the boating magazines for the toilet. It's a good place to uh, peruse such heavy reading material. I like to look at the, the water there, the boats, the mega yachts that I can't afford, you know. But one article caught my eye. The Russian, the Rush, the Russian petro billionaires and the kind of boats that they're building. And the world's largest private yacht to be named Eclipse is being built by a, nam, a man who's in the home of Marx, Lenin, and Stalin, which is now the hottest mega yacht market in the world, Russia, where people are still starving, where people are living like, like, like serfs. There is a class of billionaire crooks who stole the oil and commodities out of the ground. They're living like czars, and they're outflanking even the Arabs in terms of super yacht purchases. So the biggest one will be built by uh, a guy in, in Russia. It'll be a 557-foot mega yacht. 557 feet, 170 meters, to be built by Blomen Voss, a subsidiary of Germany's Tyson, Tyson Krupp Marine Systems. And that will cast a shadow over the current Lord of the Seas, the 525-foot Dubai, owned by Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, ruler of Dubai. Dubai. Ha ha ha. Dubai, Dubai, Dubai. Wonder where they get all their money from in Dubai. So the Russians are now out uh, spending the, uh, the others. Russia's eighth richest man, Suleiman Karamakov, had it all, including the 295 foot Lursen boat, Ice, when he crashed his Ferrari in Nice, and now he's in a burn ward. Now, how do they make all of this money? How do they make so much money that they can buy two and three yachts? Some of these guys own three of them. Gave, one of them gave away a yacht of uh, about 200 feet to a friend. So who are these oligarchs, these modern czars of Russia? They're young in their 30s or 40s. They're billionaires overnight. And as much of Russia is floundering in a post-communist collapse, a handful of high-powered crooks 
with good political connections, succeeded in gaining control of the country's vast state-owned industries and natural resources. They literally bought them. And how did they buy them? They didn't have any money. Many of them were college professors. But they were well-connected with the government. Follow me here because it's very similar to America. They were connected to the politicians, the corrupt politicians. And they get control of the vast state-owned industries and natural resources. How? Well, this took the form of loans for shares, deals and auctions, uh, which some regard as the greatest scandal of the Boris Yeltsin era. And when Vladimir Putin, the old KGB chief, took over from Yeltsin, Putin was expected to undo the oligarchs' wealth. But what he said to them was, if you stay out of politics, I will not touch you. And so one of these guys bought a company called Sibneft, a company sitting on 30% of Russia's oil. You hear this? One man could buy a company called Sibneft. This was, Amer this was remember, Russia was a, was a socialist state. So the oil, the gas, the metals, the, uh, the, the gold, the silver was all owned by the government. So now during privatization of the Yeltsin, these crooks come along and through corrupt politicians and payoffs, they get to buy all of these commodities, these natural resources. So this guy buys for $200 million, 30% of Russia's oil, not of his own money, but he borrows the money because of the value of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the oil in the ground. So he borrows the money, he buys it. And then in, in 2005, Gazprom, Russia's state-owned gas company, buys out this 30% of the oil for $13 billion for Sibneft. So the guy borrows $200 million and he makes $13 billion. You hear this? Then he buys $300 million worth for uh, the $300 million boat, the Eclipse, he's having built. And he also owns the Chelsea England Football Club. He owns a Boeing 767 airplane, a townhouse in Belgravia, central London, a 440-acre estate in Sussex, and a villa in the south of France. He is also the governor of Chukotka and is reportedly trying to buy Silvio Berlusconi's former villa in Sardinia. I read in the article, none of the above information was made available by the secret of mogul. It says he doesn't comment on his personal property. Ranked by Forbes as the world's 16th richest man, worth $18.7 billion, this guy will add Eclipse to a private fleet that already includes three other mega yachts, 377-foot Polaris, 282-foot S. Castilla, and 160-foot Susuro. Once he had four mega yachts, but he gave away the fourth yacht, 370-foot Le Grand Bleu, complete with aquarium, cinema, and helicopter to a business associate. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because in all nations, there arises a class of pirates. With unlimited greed, they have no nation. They're transnational pirates, in my humble opinion. Seattle, Washington. Ryan, you're on the Savage Nation. Hey, Dr. Savage. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about the, the dogs. That's more interesting than uh, anything else that we're covering. Yeah, it is. Dogs are interesting. Well, I'm a dog person. Yeah, you, you said that uh, the dogs are allowed anywhere other than where food is served. And I just wanted to let you know, up here in Washington, uh, I'm not sure whether it's a state law or federal law, but you are not allowed to ask a customer whether their dog is for uh, service or not they can simply say uh i need this dog with me and they oh in other words if you ask them if they're a legitimate service dog you may make one of the fake psychos uh, nervous and you could affect their condition they could sue you right exactly 
Exactly. Oh, and, well, that's the in Washington State. That's where they do animals, right? That's where they did the horses. Hey, exactly. And and I'm serving there one Friday night. And I. Oh wait, what if you're working in a restaurant and a man comes in with a horse in Seattle? Can you hey. come? Can you make? Can you come to any conclusion with that? What if he says this is my service animal? Well, uh, I don't think we're far off the way things are going. Yeah, you have uh, a great governor, a terrific governor in the state of Washington. Great, great mayor in the state of uh, Seattle, in the city of Seattle. Terrific place. So uh, you're a waiter up there? What happened? Hey, uh, the first the first uh, weekend that that happened, I'm wondering, what in the world is going on? A dog's in here. You know, I'm allergic to cats. Somebody could be allergic to dogs. Oh, my God. A cat in a restaurant? I never go back. I'm allergic to cats. I hate them. Next weekend, I swear. I hate cats. My throat closes up. The customer saw that dog in there. The next weekend, three dogs are in there at the same time. And I'm sitting here wondering if... if now, what happens if a dog takes a, a dump under a table? Tell me, you have to clean it up? Hey, we got to clean up the puke in the bathroom, right? Oh, my God. Do they make waiters clean up the bathrooms? Yep. Oh, that's... that's no, no, no. Ryan, I think that that's a violation of, of your, your rights as an employee. I don't believe a waiter should have to clean up uh, a vomit in a bathroom. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put up with it till we move on to something better, right? Yeah, well, let's get off this topic. This is getting crazy. But, uh, no, I see where you're coming from. But in Seattle, if a man comes in with a horse, you don't know what they're doing together. He could say it's a service animal. Well, and, uh, What if know, he says it's his, his, it's his partner? <laughs> you know, I don't know that the law doesn't cover that. We might not be Oh, yeah, well, the law, you know... Samuel Johnson, the great 18th century English essayist, said the law is an ass. He pretty much knew what the law was. You know who writes the law, don't you? <laughs> uh, you know who writes the law. That, that it brings up a very good point. No, this dog and restaurant thing is out of control. Only I should be able to bring my dog to a restaurant because he's self-controlled. He does not pee in a restaurant. Does He doesn't even bark. But I could see why it's a problem. Thanks for the call. There are other topics out there. 1-800-449-8255. I, Michael Savage, will be right back. 